Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Well, blessed second Sunday of Advent to you all. And in Advent, the church waits and watches and prepares for the arrival of King Jesus. The word Advent means arrival or coming. We're preparing for the arrival of Jesus. His arrival liturgically in the Christian year on December 25th, Christmas, his arrival in our midst every week, his arrival in the sacrament, and his arrival at the end of the age, when he comes again to judge the living and the dead. And this morning, we go out into the wilderness. We stand on the bank of the Jordan, as it were, and by God's grace, we will heed the voice of his servant, John the Baptist. So what we're doing this morning is, and I'm going to explain this, it's also going to help you score really high in Jeopardy if you watch it, is that we are liturgically and mystically speaking, we're putting ourselves in the position of post-exilic Israel. We're putting ourselves in the position of God's people as they were 2,000 years ago, awaiting the arrival of the Messiah. So what in the world does post-exilic Israel mean? So in 587, 586 BC, the southern kingdom of Judah, remember we went through this with the life of David, the monarchy, united monarchy didn't last that long. And they split into two kingdoms, the northern and the southern. The, southern, the northern kingdom fell in 722-ish to the Assyrians. And then in 587, 586 BC, the southern kingdom of Judah falls to the Babylonians. So they find themselves in the state where the, the glory of the Lord had departed. The temple, Solomon's temple was destroyed. And the people of God were carried off into exile. To give you a point of reference, many of you will know the story of Daniel. The book of Daniel takes place during this exile. He serves under the Babylonians and then under the Persians. And under the rule of the latter, under the rule of the Persians, the Israelites are allowed to go back and rebuild Jerusalem. Many of them are allowed to return to their homeland. And it is in that context that Malachi prophesies our first lesson. So he would be a post-exilic prophet. And he speaks hundreds of years. He's prophesying hundreds of years before the birth of Christ of a messenger who will prepare the way for Yahweh's return, for God's return to Zion, to Jerusalem, to his people. Because, and this is so important to understand when you're reading the Gospels, even though the geographical exile had ended, so they were back in the land, the theological exile continued. I mean, they were back in the promised land, but they were a vassal kingdom. They were under 
the Persians, and then the Greeks, and then in the time of Jesus, the Romans. Yes, they had rebuilt the temple, uh, shabbily under Zerubbabel, and then beautifully under Herod, but God didn't dwell there. No one in the second temple period thought that God dwelled in Herod's temple, at least not in the way that he dwelt in Solomon's temple. So John the Baptist, a prominent figure in Advent, is the messenger of whom Malachi speaks. Behold, I will send my messenger. This messenger is John the Baptist. And he is the one who prepares the way for the arrival of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Thus Yahweh returned to Zion in and through Jesus Christ. He did suddenly come to his temple, just as the prophet spoke. For the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus came into the world. He came into the cosmic temple, if you will. And he came in as the temple himself in order to build the new and true temple, which is the church. For Christ's own body is the temple. That, is that not what our Lord says in the Gospels? That if you destroy this temple, I'll raise it up in three days. He spoke of the temple of his body. But then by extension, the church is his mystical body. Therefore, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the place where God dwells. The image that we get of preparing the way, of making ready a highway, this is a, a regal image, a kingly image. In the ancient world, if a king was visiting his kingdom, the way would be made ready. So John the Baptist, as far as we know, wasn't a construction worker. He wasn't making literal roads. As far as ancient roads go, the Romans had the best ones. So what he's doing is God called him so that the highway of our hearts, if you will, would be ready for the arrival of King Jesus. The classic Advent hymn on Jordan's Bank picks up on this theme. It says, then cleansed be every breast from sin. Make straight the way for God within. And let each heart prepare a home where such a mighty guest may come. Even the, even the quintessential Christmas song, which is not Christmas yet, it's Advent, Joy to the World, has this, this is not a real word, Adventy theme. Let every heart prepare him room. There is this underlying principle in Advent and throughout Holy Scripture itself that we must grasp, and it's this, that we, if we are going to know rather than miss the day of our visitation, if we are going to participate in the life of God, and enjoy his presence, we have to prepare. We have to prepare to encounter the living God. One of my favorite passages in the Old Testament is when the Israelites, under the newly crowned leader, if you will, Joshua, are about to cross the Jordan into the promised land. And Joshua says to the people, 
consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. They had, God was going to do something amazing. He was going to show up. But if they were going to be a part of that, they had to prepare. You have to prepare to encounter God. I mean, we really have to prepare for anything important. At work, big meetings, or job interview, or whatever it is. One of the things I think about during Advent is running, um, running marathons. You guys know that I've done some of those. And I've ran a lot of races at this point. And the races are more or less objectively the same. But my experience of that race varies based on my preparation. And let me tell you, I've done races where I'm really prepared, and it's wonderful. I've done other races where I'm not prepared at all, and it's terrible. The event is the same, but I'm not ready for it. So we want to be we want to prepare to encounter God because the extent to which you joyfully participate in the life of God and his mighty work of redemption is dependent upon your state of readiness and your openness to receive the things of God, to, in our case, to allow Jesus Christ to be born afresh in your hearts on Christmas Day. And so it's building up. I mean, you have an opportunity. I mean, this is really the spirit in which we do Advent of God in this new Christian year as we journey through the life of our Lord. I want to know you. I want to know the word. I want to love you. I want to serve you like I never have before. I want to grow in your grace and your knowledge. And so we come. We, we spend four weeks in this spirit of anticipation and humility and surrender to the will of God. That God, you're the, you're the potter, I'm the clay. Mold me and make me into your likeness. We need to be ready. And this state of readiness, just so you know, it's not brought about by our own strength. It's the grace of God at work within us that we cooperate with the grace of God. And this call to wait and watch and prepare is itself grace. It's God's grace. This call is grace because as the collect says, God in his mercy sent the prophets to preach repentance. We're talk about this a lot next week, but the, the call to repentance is rooted in God's love. Because if you see someone in danger, it's actually an act of hate to not make them aware of that danger. In a law. Someone's about to walk off the edge of a cliff, and you don't say, hey, stop! No, it's, it's the love and care and concern that says, this is not the way. So God, in his mercy, has sent the prophets, has sent John the Baptist to say, get ready. For this year, the Lord is going to do amazing things among you. We need to prepare. We need to get ready. And we are made ready through repentance by allowing the Holy Spirit 
to search our hearts and examine the condition of the road that leads there. Whether they're on the road, the highway to our hearts, whether there's roadblocks or deterioration or rough patches, anything that would hinder the work which God has begun in us, anything which quenches the love of God, we want the road to be clear so that God through Christ by the Spirit can do a fresh work in us. So that as Paul says, we may overflow with knowledge and full insight to help us determine what is best so that at the last day we may be present, presented to the Lord Jesus, pure and blameless. Brothers and sisters, we have this opportunity in this season of Advent uh, to allow the Holy Spirit to bring us to a place that inculcates our own sanctification, that we become more and more like Jesus. And, and to, in the hustle and bustle of the Christmas season, which we all get wrapped into, to enter a season of quiet and a season of humility and a season of repentance and allow the Spirit of God rather than the Spirit of the age to mold and make us into the likeness of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost,